We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select... Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by The Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. Welcome to Picks for Polls, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. My name is Andrew Freeman, and I'm happy to be joined by my co-host, Yusei Cultural. We are recording this episode on Wednesday, February 1st. We are in the month of February, You said It already feels like 2023 is going by super fast, lightning fast, and um, we are in the midst of draft season as the Senior Bowl is underway this week, um, and we, we're going to have a lot of uh, exciting content um, for that eventually when that wraps up later on in the week. So going into next week, uh, we'll have some recap stuff for the senior bowl but today we have uh, a more important things on our mind is we're getting our first mock draft out there today but before we get into all that stuff you said how you doing today man yeah i mean i'm doing well there's so much activity going on we've got the senior bowl going on got the east west shrine bowl going on too which quite frankly i mean i wish both of them were like a week or two apart because there's so much going on between prospects on both all-star games where kind of gets like crazy to keep up with but other than that you know like I said I'm doing well we got our prospect preview series kicking off too so a couple 2023 NFL draft prospects from some of the smaller schools certainly coming on you know I just got done talking to Colorado Buffalo wide receiver RJ Snead it was a cool interview he spent the first three to four years of his career at Baylor and then transferred over to Colorado for his final season. So that's out. It's a really cool interview. He dropped some cool stuff about Matt rule in there. So go check it out. And then as always, make sure you're keeping up with the bear report this off season. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of draft content coming on um, over the next couple months or so. That interview for RJ Sneed should be dropping uh, tomorrow by the time of uh this recording right now um, so by the time this recording is out there the rj sneed interview should be out there so definitely go check that out and like you said said like check out all of our draft stuff at the bear report we're doing mock drafts draft boards scouting reports like 
A lot is going to be going down at the Bear Report leading up to the draft in late April. Um, but before we before that happens, you say we got to get our first mock draft of the offseason here. The first 2023 uh, mock draft 1.0. And uh, before we get into our picks and our mock drafts here, we should first establish the ground rules that we did. Um, both of us used the PFF uh, mock draft simulator for this one. Um, we did the same thing last year. I, I just feel like, and I don't know if you say you feel the same way, but my opinion is the PFF mock draft simulator is the best one out there. Um, there are some other ones that are pretty decent as well, but in terms of like, um, you know, talent evaluation and, you know, the whole process with trades and whatnot, I just feel like PFF does a really good job with, uh, their mock drafts. And of course, they're, all mock draft simulators aren't perfect, especially early on in the process. But um, I just want to give a shout out there because I've had a lot of fun using that over the last few weeks or so, um, kind of just doing some other mock draft stuff. Um, but so we, we both use PFF mock draft simulator. And in terms of some of the rules that we did, um, we did kind of a new, unique thing because usually in our mock draft 1.0 last year, we did it where we did no trades whatsoever. Uh, this year, we decided to include one trade for our first mock draft, and that was with uh, trading the number one overall pick in a trade-down scenario because I, I think it's inevitable that the Bears are going to trade out of that number one overall pick selection. So in, instead of wasting a mock draft with staying at number one, why not just go through the you know the scenarios for training down right away and get that out there for number for this first mock draft? So um, we're gonna be going through what we did, each of us did for trading down at number one overall, and then as far as that goes, like no other trades besides that. Um, in terms of what the Bears are starting off with pick wise here, um, the Bears are starting off with uh, a first round pick, a second round pick. Uh, the second round pick is number fifty four overall from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the third round pick, 64 overall. They have a fourth round pick at 103 overall. Uh, another fourth round pick, which they got from the Philadelphia Eagles at 134 overall. And they're starting off with two fifth round picks, 137 overall and 150 overall. And one seventh round pick at 220 overall. That's all the picks that the Bears got going into this thing. But, of course, we just talked about trading down. That's going to change for us. So um, you said, let's just get into it right here. Um, when looking at your trade down, what did you do? Which team did you trade down with? What picks did you get returned? And um, what picks did you end up with afterwards in terms of the overall amount of draft picks you had? Yeah, so for me, the team I traded down with was, in fact, the Seattle Seahawks. I think that moving from one to five is really appealing for the Bears, especially because you are getting that additional draft capital that you need, right? Which I think the Seahawks have the fifth and 20th overall pick this year. So yeah, there's probably teams that you have that are more attractive, like the Houston Texans, for example, that you could trade down with. But the significance about the Seahawks is that they are so strapped for figuring out who their long-term replacement for Russell Wilson is. It's almost like you can kind of fleece them, right? So I got round one pick five, round one pick 20, and then a 2024 first round pick for round one pick one and then that gave me um the fifth and 20th overall pick in the first round in rounds two and three I had the 54th and 64th overall pick and then in round four I had the 103rd overall pick rounds five I had 137 150 two sixth round picks at 178 and 199 and then round seven with the 220th overall pick now to add some context in, I chose the Seahawks offer specifically because 
if I'm putting myself in Ryan Pohl's shoes, there's no doubt in my mind that he could use that 20th overall pick in real life that he acquires from the Seahawks in this scenario to go ahead and trade down even further because the 20s range in the first round of the NFL draft is kind of where things get messy. And over the last couple of years, we've seen teams kind of in the early 20s basically start trading out to acquire those additional second and third round picks. And something just tells me based on the way that polls operated last year, that he is going to go ahead and trade down once or twice on within the first three rounds to acquire some additional second and third round picks. Sports betting continues to take over the sports world, and with fall right around the corner, there's going to be action from every major league sports league across the country on our own TVs. If you're like me, you're glued to the couch watching as many games as you can. Our friends at Oz Trader have got you covered with all the odds for each major sports book from around the web, all in one place just for you. As an added bonus, OddsTrader even compares the signup codes and promos so you get the best deal possible. When you're trying to find the best book, it's always best to have the best signup codes and promotions. Sometimes those even come with boosts, even additional money deposits. The app gives you a complete rundown on any game, including statistics, injuries, key game stats, game day weather, keeping you, the fan, as informed as possible. And sometimes if you're like us, You've got multiple bets going at once. Odd Trader will keep track of them all in one place for you. So what we want you guys to do is this. Head over to oddtrader.com slash bluewire. Once again, that's oddtrader.com slash bluewire, the number one website for all your game day bets. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think it's going to be reality that Ryan Poles is going to try to trade down more than just with the number one overall pick, like especially on day three. I think we're going to see a lot of willing dealing from Ryan Poles like we saw uh, in last year's draft. But for the purpose of this mock draft, we're only doing one trade here uh, for my trade at number one overall. I decided to trade down with the Indianapolis Colts at number four overall. Um, I just feel like when, when you look at the Colts here, they are probably one of, if not the most desperate team for a quarterback. They've been, you know, doing the veteran quarterback carousel over the last few years, you know, since Andrew Luck retired. You know, Chris Ballard's on the hot seat. You have a crazy owner in Jim Irsay who's calling the shots basically at this point. Um, you know, they're going to be very desperate to trade up for a quarterback. And, and another thing to factor in there is that Ryan Poles and Chris Ballard are, you know, they have some history together and supposedly they're pretty tight, um, you know, away from you know, the, the business of football and whatnot. So um, I, I feel like that relationship right there is going to help get a deal done as well. Um, I, I feel like both sides will feel like they're not getting fleeced in a deal if they decide to go, you know, with each other in a trade down scenario. So in, in terms of the picks that I got uh, from the Indianapolis Colts, I obviously got pick number four overall, but I got their second round pick at uh, 35 overall, their third round pick at 79 overall and a future first-round pick in 2024, and a future third-round pick in 2024. In exchange, the Colts get number one overall. Uh, they got the fifth-round pick from the Bears at 150 overall, and a 2024 sixth-round pick. Um, to use For this trade, I used the Rich Hill chart. So the Rich Hill chart, there are a bunch of different draft value charts out there, but on the Rich Hill chart, this was about three points apart, which um, – to put that in the perspective, that's like the difference of like a seventh round pick. So the, the, the Colts are basically overpaying by a seventh round pick, which is not an overpay by any means. So this matches up pretty well from a draft chart standpoint. Um, I think it's a pretty realistic trade 
uh, scenario overall. And that gives me in terms of overall picks, uh, one first round pick at four overall, two second round picks at 35 and 54 overall, two third round picks at 64 and 79 overall, uh, two fourth round picks at 103, 134 overall, uh, one fifth round pick at 137 overall, and then one seventh round pick at 220 overall. So uh, you say, let's start off with our first selections. I'll start with you. Uh, who were your, cause you had two first round picks. So take me through your two first round selections. Yeah, those are really players I think Bears fans have been high on, right? So coming in at fifth overall, I had the University of Houston edge rusher Tyreek Wilson. I mean, he's an ideal fit in this scheme. You can kind of play him in a lot of different places. And I think really what Tyreek Wilson's going to do for the Bears is solve the conundrum that is who is the next long-term pass rusher on this defense you look at Wilson I mean the potentials right there in this draft class what's so interesting is that we sit here and we kind of talk about it's got to be Jalen Carter or Will Anderson well I think Tyree Wilson is a much better prospect than a lot of people are giving him credit for that's who I've got Chicago going with that fifth overall 20th overall you know what, let's invest in the offense. Let's get Justin Fields some help. So I went with wide receiver Jordan Addison out of USC. He's a player who's been on my radar for a long time, but I also just think the skill set that Addison brings, kind of a big-bodied guy, you know, really tough physical receiver, able to high point the ball at the, you know, pretty high, pretty nice catch radius is what I'm trying to say. But ultimately, Addison kind of gives the Bears – a legitimate trio of wide receivers to complement Mooney and Claypool. So these are two players here, right, that you look at and you're saying, okay, the Bears are going to walk out of the first round with building blocks, which, again, if the Bears do walk out of the first round with multiple draft picks after trading down in April, I mean, you're looking at, I'm not saying you're looking at, but you should be looking at two day one starters and anything less than two day one starters sort of disappointing in my opinion. Yeah, that, that would be a pretty nice haul there. I mean, Tyree Wilson is an edge rusher that I'm very high on. I think he has a lot of upside. And Jordan Addison, like we talked about it for a while now, Justin Fields needs to get more help at wide receiver, especially guys that can separate. Addison would be a good fit, I think, uh, with that. As far as my first-round pick goes, um, you know, I was eyeing two players here. I was eyeing either Jalen Carter on Georgia – or Will Anderson, the two best, I, I think, overall prospects in this draft class when you take positional value out of it. Uh, Jalen Carter was off the board at number three overall, so that left me with Will Anderson. Um, I, I think this coaching staff and this front office will probably value Jalen Carter more because he fits that three-tech, which Iberflus has talked about a lot as being a key for this defense, but I, I don't think they can pass up on a talent like Will Anderson if he's available for them at number four overall. Will Anderson, he's a full package at edge rusher. I mean, his production in college is just ridiculous. He's one of the most productive uh, edge rushers we've seen come out in a long time. He's doing that against a high-level competition as well in the SEC over multiple seasons. So Will Anderson, this guy's a dude. Um, I don't know if he has the upside of some high-end edge rushers in previous draft classes, um, such as like a, a Chase Young or a Nick Bosa or – um, you know, Miles Garrett, I don't think he's in that class of, you know, special talent, but he's definitely a blue chip player in this draft. I think he's a day one stud at that edge rusher spot. He has pro bowl, all pro potential, um, you know, down the road in his career. And I think he would, you know, fit in really nicely. Um, 
in this defense is kind of a guy who brings some power, uh, ability to stop the run on early downs, uh, get after the quarterback in multiple ways. You can scheme him up on stunts and all that stuff. So um, I, I would love that pick. That would be a slam dunk for the Bears to trade down and get future draft capital and get Will Anderson. Um, I mean, that would be a home run, I think, for them if they're able to pull that off. Uh, let's go to the second round. You said you had one pick in the second round. Who was your selection there? My guy in the second round was North Dakota State offensive tackle Cody Mock. I mean, he's got an interesting background because he entered college as a tight end. And then throughout the fall, there was a picture circulating where he was like 212 pounds as a tight end one year. And then the next year he beefed up to like 295 or something. But, you know, he's a bit on the bigger side, right? He's about 6'6", 300 pounds. So he may seem bigger, I think, for a lot of people in the context of what the Bears are going to be running here, which is this outside zone scheme. But what makes him so intriguing, right, is that I don't see him being a left tackle at the next level. I don't think he's going to be a right tackle either. Rather, I think he's your long-term replacement for left guard because he's got some mobility to him that the Bears want from their guards. He's also really physical at the point of attack. And so really what you're just getting overall, right, is a guy who – again, was in his sixth year of college football this past year. He's got a lot of playing time, a lot of experience under their belt, under his belt. And so ultimately he's a player, right? When these zone schemes combined with his mobility and his size is going to be an asset to pave the way for Bears running backs. Well, you know the saying, uh, great minds think alike, and I was thinking about drafting Cody Mock as well, and that was my pick with my first second-round selection at 35 overall. Like I think Cody Mock, I mean, he's what you want in an offensive lineman, and this dude's nasty. You look at his pictures of him online, he has no front teeth, first of all. you know, He's got these big dude with these long locks of hair, no front teeth, and he's just a nasty SOB. Um, as a run blocker um, with great athleticism, you know, he, he pile drives dudes into the ground. Um, he's just a very fun player to watch. He's a very fun player for him to evaluate. Apparently he's doing a really good job at the senior bowl and they have him playing in the interior at the senior bowl. So he's playing a lot of left guard. They're trying him out at center a lot. Um, I, I think personally that he's exactly what this front office is looking for, for offensive linemen, you know, having the athleticism to, get out in space on the outside zone and execute that blocking scheme, but also the nastiness in the run game. So they just get after dudes um, and, you know, just set the tone at the line of scrimmage. Cody mock. I mean, he's one of my guys in this draft class. You know, I think if he played at a higher level of competition, he might be a first round pick because I think he has that ability. It's interesting that he's, you know, the NFL seems to see him as a guard at the next level or as an interior guy, you know, I, I would venture trying to maybe try him out at tackle just to see how he does. Um, you know, he does have 32 inch arms though, which is probably going to, you know, hold some teams back from viewing him as a tackle. So his, his best position is probably on the inside in the NFL. Um, but yeah, in terms of what this, this offense looks for an offensive lineman, what Ryan Poles I think is looking for an offensive lineman, uh, Cody mock. I mean, He's a perfect fit, I think, for what they for what they need, and I would be ecstatic if he's the guy for them in the second round. Now, for me, I had another second round pick at fifty four overall. So, with my second second round pick, I went with the offensive side of the ball again, and I decided to go wide receiver here. And this isn't a great wide receiver class, but I feel like you know this player was probably too good for me to pass up, and that's wide receiver Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Um, and Hyatt, you know, interesting because. 
this would be back-to-back years that the Bears would draft wide receivers out of Tennessee because last year in the third round they got Felix Jones Jr. Uh, in this mock draft here, I had them taking Jalen Hyatt, and I think there you know are some similar um, criticisms for him too. I mean, obviously Hyatt's a younger player, um, had a bit more production in his final season at, a, at on a very high-powered Tennessee offense. Um, and I think he has a skill set in the NFL that's, I, I think, a little bit more valuable in terms of being that deep threat, that speed option in the passing game, where it's Phil Jones, he's more of a returner gadget guy um, at the next level. Um, but Hyatt, I mean, there are some criticisms, I think, for him in terms of, you know, he played in a very wide receiver-friendly system. He didn't have to face a lot of press coverage. He didn't have to run a very diverse route tree. Basically, all this guy did in Tennessee's offense was just go deep. And the thing is, like, he's probably the best, if not – you know, if not one of the best, uh, he might he may be the best wide receiver in this draft class at that skill set of taking the top off of the defense. And I think when you have a quarterback like Justin Fields who can, you know, throw the deep ball like he does with that deep ball accuracy, um, in an offense like this that I think you know Getze has shown that he can scheme wide receivers open on crossing routes and especially work off of play action like the Bears want to do. Um, I, I think Hyatt's a good fit for this offense. If they can find ways to keep him clean off the line of scrimmage, um, you know, he can be very effective, I think, as a deep threat. And that's really what this offense needs. You have a guy like Darnell Mooney, who obviously they need a number, a number one wide receiver, obviously. But, you know, Darnell Mooney, he's a good route runner. He's a good separator. He can kind of um, impact the game at all three levels of the field. You know, Chase Claypool is kind of that big X wide receiver. Um, you know, the, Fields Jones is that gadget guy. I expect they're going to get maybe a slot guy in free agency potentially. You know, Hyatt would kind of be that perfect fit as that, you know, game-breaking uh, deep threat. Um, and I think he'd be a very nice fit with Justin Fields. So I, I like that fit with those two. Uh, so for my two second-round picks going Cody Mock and Jalen Hyatt, let's move on to the third round. You say, who did you pick in the third round? So for me, I went linebacker in the third round. That's Washington State Cougars linebacker, Dayan Henley. When you look at him overall, right, there's so much to like about him. Number one, you just love the size. He's about six foot two, 240-ish pounds. Really what he is, he's just, he's just this fast, instinctive, athletic, and rangy linebacker who's actually got an extensive background playing defensive back. So the reality of the situation for him comes down to the fact that you know he's going to be pretty solid in coverage. I think watching Henley over the last year or so at Washington State, you could definitely tell he's a player who has the makings of being a long-term starter in this league. And, you know, it's interesting because if I had to compare him to a certain player, and I'm not saying he's a carbon copy, but he reminds me a bit of Fred Warner light, a bit of a bigger linebacker, but someone who holds up really well in coverage against the pass is disruptive in the run, just figures out a way to kind of stick his nose in there and really clean up plays. And with Henley, what you're going to be getting is the ideal Mike linebacker who can really anchor Matt Eberflus's defense for years to come. Now, I understand some people are going to say, well, third round is too high for a linebacker, but we have to keep something in mind. Sitting here on February 1st, I mean, number one, the Bears have too many needs to justify sitting on their hands. So if they have to go best player available they go best player available. And number two, you don't really know how the free agency class is going to shake out. And yeah, there's players like a TJ Edwards, for example, but again, you just don't know how free agency is going to shake out. 
And if the opportunity is there in the sense that the Bears sign a player in free agency, but then the NFL draft provides them with a chance to go ahead and select another really solid player, then I think you do so by all means. Because the way that the league is trending is that you can never have too many good players at any one position anymore. And part of my rationale behind selecting Henley is also that if the Bears spend big in free agency on a linebacker, the coaching staff, or I should say great coaching staffs, figure out a way to make all players fit, regardless of what the situation is. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how the Bears address linebacker this offseason because Matt Aberflus, he's a linebacker's coach um, at heart, I think. And, you know, we saw what he did in Indianapolis, coaching up a lot of linebackers and getting the most out of that group. So I'm kind of curious to see what he can do with linebacker and what kind of prospects he's looking for here. Um, Henley sure, certainly could be an, uh, an option for them there on day two of the draft. Uh, for me, I had two third-round picks, so I'm just going to go through both of them right here. Um, with my first third round pick at 64 overall, I decided to go to the defensive line once again, and I got interior defensive lineman Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. Uh, Benton is, I think, a very safe player in terms of what he's projecting in the NFL, and that's just as that one tech, you know, run stuffing guy who he has, I think, a little bit more pass rushing juice than uh, has been let on. Um, but his primary role at the NFL level is as uh, you know, a two, two down run defender um, that just, you know, blows up the run game in the, in the middle because of his ability to um, take on double teams, you know, stack the line of scrimmage um, and take on multiple gaps at the same time. And um, basically just eviscerate gaps at, at the same time as well. Like Benson, he's a stud run defender. He's one of the better run defenders in this class. Um, and I think this would be a very good value to get him. Cause it sounds like he's been, you know, been killing it at the senior bowl. Um, and he's a guy that I think would be a great fit because you look at Iberflus, what, you know, how did his defense have success in Indianapolis? Well, they had a three tech into DeForest Buckner that could kind of, um, you know, be that primary pass rusher for them in the interior. But they also had Grover Stewart there at that one tech position who was just a very stout run defender, a very good complement to DeForest Buckner. And I think, you know, the Bears, I think they're going to be aggressive trying to get a three tech in free agency this offseason, whether it's, uh, Darren Payne or J- uh, Javon Hargrave or uh, Jermont Jones. Um, there are some options there to address three tech. I think they're going to be very aggressive uh, trying to find that guy. 
you know, what better way to kind of compliment that guy than to get a run defending one tech and kind of fill that Grover Stewart role. Um, I think Benson in many ways can fill that role seamlessly. I think, I think he's got uh, the ability to be an impact uh, two down run defender right away. And I think he's, again, like I said, I think he's got more pass rushing upside than um, we may think of him. So I'd be very excited with that pick at, at, 64 overall in the third round. And then at 79 overall, I had another third round pick here. You know, I wasn't going to go with this position really at all in this draft, but a player was available here that I think was just, you know, too good for me to pass up. And that's Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami, Florida. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson, um, you know, for those who may not be familiar, you know, he's a big, long, physical corner on the outside who's best when he can kind of play press coverage and get his hands on receivers. Um, and that length, I think, is what's going to attract him to this Eberflus defense because I think Eberflus, he wants longer uh, cornerbacks. Um, and Stevenson, he fits the bill. I mean, he's six foot tall. He's got 32-inch arms, I think it is, um, over 200 pounds. And, you know, he's one of the best press cover corners in this draft class. Um, uh, I, I was very surprised that he was available for me here at 79, to be honest with you. Again, I would not have gone cornerback um, had he not been available. But I just think the combination of the scheme fit here um, and I think cornerback, it's more of a need than it's being let, let on because I'm not sure if this regime is sold on Jalen Johnson long-term. He doesn't have a contract extension figured out yet. Um, they drafted Kyler Gordon in the second round last year, but it seems like they want to play him in kind of that nickel role in this defense. And Tyreek Stevenson, um, you know, I think would be a very good fit as kind of looking back to, at Iberflus' defenses in, in Indianapolis, kind of in that Xavier Rhodes Xavier Rhodes' role um, is kind of that bigger, longer physical cornerback on the outside who can kind of get his hands on you um, and then, you know, either, you know, play press down the field or um, get his eyes back on the quarterback and then make plays, um, you know, to tackle and, and rally and tackle and whatnot. So Stevenson, I think, you know, for the combination of all those factors, uh, would be a very good value in the third round. And you would basically be completing your secondary with this pick because I think Stevenson has upside to start pretty quickly. Um, you know, where basically you have uh, Jalen Johnson at one cornerback spot, you have Kyler Gordon, you have Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson already at safety. Um, you add Tyreek Stevenson to that defense in the, in the secondary, that other cornerback spot. And that secondary, I think, is looking really, really nice here. So um, let's move on to day three of the draft then. You said get us started in the fourth round. Oh, well, this is going to be a bit of a polarizing pick, but – I don't anticipate David Montgomery being back with the Bears at all this offseason. I just think that the stuff that we saw after that final game against the Vikings where he was kind of taking pictures with his family at Soldier Field was sort of his bittersweet goodbye Chicago moment, even though in an ideal world we know that David wants to be here, but the bigger question is do the Bears want him back? So I went with a guy that's been on my radar for two years now, which is Texas A and running back Devin Achain. He's a bit on the smaller side. He's about five nine, hundred and eighty pounds. But really when you look at Achain, I think he's the perfect one two punch and the perfect complement to Khalil Herbert, right? The Bears, I think, would be kind of foolish to throw big money at running back this offseason. I am not a supporter of the whole Saquon Barkley movement. So I think a chain is a pretty solid building block. You're getting a guy that is just so smooth with his feet. He is able to find open space and then just really turns on the Jets. He's got a lot of burst to him. And then he's the ideal receiving threat as well. So on those 
RPOs, right? And when the Bears operate from shotgun, I think what you're going to see more than anything is you had a player like a chain to the offense combined with Justin Fields running threat, you are looking at changing the dynamic of how teams have to game plan for your backfield. And let me just say, I also think a chain's a much better receiver than Khalil Herbert is. Yeah, I think getting a receiver at that running back spot is going to be vital for them this offseason, whether it comes in the draft or free agency. I mean, I'm with you. I don't think I, I don't think with all the other needs that the Bears have an offense and defense, on both sides of the ball, really. Um, this offseason, I don't think spending a lot of money on a guy like Saquon Barkley is the smart move. Um, I, ju- I just think you got to spend your, your resources elsewhere. So if you can get a chain um, in the fourth round, I mean, that's that's pretty good value right there for a guy. Um, for me in the fourth round, uh, with my I had two for fourth round picks, uh, with my first fourth round pick at 103 overall, I decided to go to the defensive line once again because I again I think you know the Bears they had probably the worst defensive line um, in the NFL last year. I think they're going to be very aggressive at trying to overhaul that unit. So I decided to go with another interior defensive lineman here, uh, Zach Pickens out of South Carolina. You know, like I said before, I think the Bears are going to be very aggressive at uh, getting a three tech uh, this offseason um, to kind of fill that role in free agency. Uh, well. You know, let's say they go with a guy like uh, Javon Hargrave, who's up there in age. He's 30 years old, probably not a long-term commit, more of a short-term uh, solution to the problem. Um, Pickens, to me, in the fourth round would be a perfect kind of dart throw as kind of a developmental player at that three-tech position. He, you know, he has a very good initial burst out of his stance, very good quickness, um, just a very raw player at this stage in his development, though. And I think, you know, if you can get a guy who's established, a veteran free agency to kind of be that established guy in that three tech role um, and not be forced to play Pickens right away. Um, there's a lot of talent to be had there in a year or two down the road. So, I mean, again, you would have, a, you know, hopefully a big signing free agency. Uh, Justin Jones still there to play that three tech role. You know, this isn't a, a pick for 2023 as it is much more for 2024, 25, 26, basically is, is what I'm thinking here. And again, if this hits, um, you're basically getting your one tech, and a three tech here in the same draft. So in the same draft, you're getting a starting edge, you know, potentially a starting uh, one tech and, you know, an upside play at three tech in the same draft. And I think that's exactly what this uh, defense needs to kind of overhaul that defensive line. Uh, You said, what's your next pick coming up here? Yeah, so I've got two picks in the fifth round. The first one for me is let's get to adding some offensive line depth, right? Notre Dame, I think, is offensive line university, again, depending on who you talk to. But for me, one of the guys to keep an eye on is Jared Patterson, right? My first fifth round pick, I think you overall look at Jared Patterson, right? And the reality is what you see is over the last couple of years, he's been this kind of anchor for the Irish's offensive line but he's just got the ideal size you need from a player that you would be playing at either left guard or right guard really nice developmental traits as well I think that his balance and quickness is definitely there he's not the greatest athlete in the world but I think that he makes up for that with good technique as well as solid pass blocking being instinctive, knowing when to sniff out the uh, blitzes and pick up the stunts. So what you're getting with Patterson, right, is you're basically getting, I think, what I would refer to as a blue-collar offensive lineman, right? Not going to be the most tech, 
technically refined guy on the field. Not going to be the greatest athlete as well, but he's got some good enough technique and really plays a rough style football that you look at and you say, hey, that's a player that has everything needed to start down the road. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, the, the Bears absolutely need to address the offensive line again. And uh, if you can get another one of Jared Patterson, um, certainly worth a look, I think, on day three. Uh, for me, I still have one more fourth-round pick to get through at 134 overall. Um, and with that pick, I decided to get running back uh, Tajay Spears out of Tulane. Uh, Spears, he's one of the most exciting players, I think, in this draft class, especially when you look at his highlight reel. Um, you know, not the biggest guy in the world, but a guy with really good contact balance for his size. Uh, and just very explosive and shifty. Um, you know, there's some highlights coming from the senior bowl where this guy is just lighting dudes up in the open field. Um, he has that explosive ability um, to make game-changing plays in the running game and in the receiving game. Receiving game. He has ability as a receiver as well. I and mean, we saw him dominate in that uh, bowl game against USC um, a few months, a month, about a month or so ago. Um, and I mean, this guy has electric ability with the ball in his hands. And I think when you're constructing a running game around Justin Fields as your quarterback, um, you know, you need explosive running backs in there that, you know, when you're doing that read option stuff and outside zone that can, you know, hit home runs in the run game, as opposed to just grinding out three, four yards of carry there. And Spears has that home run ability. So to get that in the fourth round, I think, I think he'd be a nice compliment to Khalil Herbert, who, you know, Herbert, he's not much of a receiver. Spears can, you know, contribute in the receiving game a little bit more. Um, and that allows you, I think, to have more of a complete running back room, um, assuming that they also sign a guy in free agency probably to uh, take some, some carries as well. Um, so you said you mentioned that you had two fifth round picks. What was your other fifth round pick for you? Yeah, so for me, this one kind of was, and again, I'll say it's a toss-up, but he's a guy who's down at the Senior Bowl this week, but I figured, hey, you know, let's go ahead and let's address linebacker again. So I went with Henry Toto from Alabama. I know Jacob Infante mentioned him on the show last week, but I also think ultimately you look at it, right, and you're getting a player who I think he slips to round five is gonna be a steal so there's a couple things to like about toto number one you definitely see the instincts on display right and then you end up seeing just how fast and physical he is when it comes to bringing down ball carriers i think his ability to tackle 
is top notch, right? And then just his ability to move from side to side. He's got really fluid hips as well. So changing direction, depending on which way the ball is going, is not going to be a problem for him at all. Now, as a run defender, I mean, he checks every single box you would want and then one of the things i love most about toto is that he's a player you can line up in the slot right so if you add a player like him to the defense you are effectively making some of the guys in this defense like a jaquan brisker for example more expendable why because you can move toto kind of around the field i think that in a 4-3 he would make sense as a as a sam linebacker in a 3-4, you're probably looking at a um, middle linebacker, but ultimately, right, I think he would be a steal of a pick in the fifth round. Absolutely. Uh, for me, I had one fifth-round pick because of my trade with uh, the Colts. So with that fifth-round pick, I decided to go with the defensive side of the ball once again. Um, addressing the front seven, I decided to go with Owen Popo. I think it's Popoa uh, out of Auburn, um, linebacker here. Uh, you know, when you look at Popoa here, um, you know, this is a, a complete dark throw on athletic upside at the linebacker position because, you know, the, the Bears, they have Jack Sanborn in there at linebacker. I'm assuming they're going to bring a guy in in free agency. Um, Popoa, you know, he's an undersized guy, about 6'1", 225 pounds, um, but just a really – fast dude selling the sideline he blows plays up um as a blitzer um he has ability, he has some coverage upside ability he has the ability to make plays sideline to sideline um in the run game um this is a guy that again i think he's still the instincts aren't 100 great um but when he does you know diagnose the play correctly it's very fun to watch him get to that spot quickly and just blow guys blow running backs and wide receivers up so um well i think you know he's a guy that would just be a development uh, piece um, at linebacker for this team. And even if he doesn't become a starter, I think he does have the ability to be a nice player at, on special teams because of his, his athleticism, because of his um, hitting ability. Um, he's not the most consistent tackler in the world, but I, I, I'm just betting on the upside here. I, I think, you know, they need to get better athletes at that linebacker position. And Papoa is definitely a very talented athlete. Um, you said, um, with the remaining picks that you have left, just go over them. Uh, how many picks do you have left, and um, uh, who did you decide to pick with those additional selections? Yeah, so I've got round six, pick 178, which is tight end Will Mallory from Florida. I mean, look, if I'm going to be honest, the Bears don't really have much behind Cole Komet. They didn't have anything behind him last season either. So for me, getting a guy like Will Mallory from the University of Miami, Florida, is all about kind of adding depth to tight end but also figuring out a player that could be a red zone asset. You look at him, you know, he's about 6'5", 6'6", 250 pounds. I think that he's going to be a solid tight end too because you can line him up on the line of scrimmage. You can also line him up in the slot, ask him to either be an ideal run blocker or go ahead and be somebody who is a threat in the receiving game while at the University of Miami. Mallory did see a lot of reps operating as a receiver and just being a primary pass catcher so i think that for him to really improve the potentials there he's going to need to get run blocking down especially in this scheme but the talent and potential is there what was also i think interesting when watching him is that he was really a player right 
that at times Miami just using the screen game. So he's very much the type of player that you just rely on for those like short yarded situations. But the potential is there for him to really develop into a player that, you know, you're throwing the ball up and he's running down the seam and all of a sudden there he is. After that, I've got my other sixth round pick, which is 199. I've got Cameron Brown from Ohio State. So I'm addressing the um, secondary here. And I think, again, the Bears secondaries, you know, I like the depth that they have there, but I also agree with you. You're not really sure what you're getting with Jalen Johnson. You're not really sure if Kendall Vildor is going to be back because he's going into the final year of his deal. And, again, Kendall Vildor last season, he either loved him or he wanted to make you punch your TV. So the reality with a player like Cam Brown is that he's got really long, lanky arms right he's about six feet tall 195 pounds so he's gonna play bigger than he is in coverage he's solid he's able to go ahead and anticipate what's gonna happen before it actually happens and then he is always willing to just get physical which i love defensive backs we're gonna get physical and start jamming wide receivers at the line of scrimmage now there is some injury history with him. Like I believe he had an Achilles heel one or two years ago. This past season, he also dealt with knee injuries, which is really affecting his draft stock. But the reality for him is this, right? Is that he has the potential to be a pretty solid depth piece. And then in round seven at 220th overall, I decided to go ahead and address the trenches again. And how about Warren McClendon from Georgia, right? He's a player that I thought has really slipped under the radar over the last couple weeks. Again, he doesn't get as much love as any of the other Georgia linemen that are coming out. But what I love about him is this, right? Is that when it comes to the running game, like you watch this guy, he's powerful because he just grabs players at the point of attack and boom, we'll just pretty much bulldoze them out of the way so he's really a tone setter imposes his will and then he's pretty solid in pass protection as well i think his ability to reset after he gets those one or two punches from defensive linemen in pass pro is really phenomenal i think the reason he's slipping is because he's not the greatest athlete on the planet but mcclendon's a guy that you look at and you say hey the talent and the potentials there. It's just can he learn to maximize his frame? And also, can he at times not necessarily be so over aggressive to the point where he's costing his team? Well, once again, we're thinking alike here when it comes to the offensive linemen. Uh, I had one pick left in the draft. Uh, that was my seventh round selection at 220 overall. And I too decided to go with Warren McClendon uh, out of Georgia. I just feel like at this point in the draft, like I had, I wanted to address offensive line more, but there were players that I just felt like were better values, better fits um, ahead of them on the draft boards, draft them. So I wanted to take one more swing at the offensive line here in McClendon. I mean, he has size, he has athleticism, and he has strength. He has three things that, um, three, three traits that uh, I think you can mold if you're an offensive line coach. And I think, you saw the work that they were able to do with Braxton Jones last year with this offensive coaching staff, um, getting him to play like, you know, a, a pretty decent left tackle as a rookie um, as a fifth round pick. You know, I'm not saying McClendon would be anything like that, but um, you know, they need to figure out a right tackle spot. They need just to have depth at that tackle spot overall. 
as they reshape this offensive line. And McClendon, I think, you know, he has traits to bet on here. He's not a finished product whatsoever. He's uh, very sloppy with his, his technique still, in my opinion. He's got his warts as a prospect, but um, I think get the guy in here, um, see what he can do. Um, that's a seventh round pick. I mean, take as many shots as you can on day three on offensive line, because if they hit, that's a very good value to have um, on a very cheap rookie contract there. Um, so those were our mock drafts here. Um, so I'd say before we wrap things up, you said, let's recap our, our drafts one more time. So I'll go with you. Um, go over one, one more time, uh, your trade down, and then all your selections for all of our listeners here, just in case they didn't catch every single pick that you had. Yeah, so I went ahead and I traded out of first overall with the Seattle Seahawks, and I took the fifth round one. Let me start over. Sorry. So I went ahead and I traded out of first overall, gave that to the Seattle Seahawks, traded it for the fifth pick as well as the 20th pick in the first round and a first round pick in 2024. So round one pick five, I had Tyree Wilson, edge rusher, Texas Tech. Round one pick 20, I had wide receiver Jordan Addison from USC. And then round two, pick 54, I had Cody Mock offensive tackle from North Dakota State. Round three, pick 64, I had Dayan Henley from Washington State linebacker. Round four, pick 103, I had Devin Achain running back from Texas A&M. I had two picks in the fifth round. First one was 137th overall, guard Jarrett Patterson from Notre Dame. And then 150th overall, linebacker Henry Toto from Alabama. Round six, I had two picks, 178th overall, tight end Will Mallory from Florida, round six, 199th overall, cornerback Cameron Brown from Ohio State, and then round seven, pick 220 overall, I had Warren McClendon, offensive tackle from Georgia. Absolutely. Um, And as for me, um, I ended up trading down out of number one overall as well um, with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I ended up getting their fourth overall selection, uh, their second round selection at 35 overall, their third round selection at 79 overall, and then a 2024 first round pick and a 2024 third round pick. And then exchange, I gave the Colts obviously the number one overall pick plus a round five pick at 150 overall and a 2024 sixth round pick. So with those selections, I end up getting at number four overall, Will Anderson Jr. at Drusher out of Alabama. Um, at, in the second round, I had two second round picks getting Cody Mock and Jalen Hyatt out of, t- out of North Dakota State and Tennessee respectively. And round three, I had two third round picks, defensive lineman Keanu Benson out of Wisconsin and cornerback Tyreek Stevenson. In round four, I had two fourth-round picks getting Zach Pickens out of South Carolina and running back Ty J. Spears out of Tulane. And then in the fifth round, linebacker Owen Papoa. And in the seventh round, Warren McClendon out of Georgia. So those were our mock drafts here. Um, and what we're going to be doing on our Twitter account, make sure to follow us there, uh, is we're going to be posting both of our mock drafts here and let you guys decide who had the better mock draft, something we've been doing for all of our mock drafts basically Um over the last few years, I think it's a fun thing to do. So if you want to engage with us on social media and grade our mock drafts here that we presented to you today, make sure to check us out on social media. And with that said, I think it's going to be a good way to segue into wrapping this up. You said, so, uh, you know, with that, um, that was all we had here for uh, the Picks for Polls podcast today, going over our mock drafts 1.0. I thought that was a very fun episode to kind of go through everything you said, um, 
you know, certainly, um, again, this is very early in the pre-draft process here. So a lot of these draft boards are going to change in terms of where we can get some of these guys in these mock drafts. So like I look at guys like Stevenson, um, you know, Spears, uh, Benton. Um, those are guys, at least for my mock draft, that I'm not sure are going to be available where I pick them when we get to the actual later mock drafts and um, to the actual draft in and of itself. But, um, I, you know, I think both of us feel pretty good about our mock drafts here. And, you know, definitely a very fun exercise to go through. And, you know, we have more mock drafts planned uh, throughout the offseason, but, you know, we have some other stuff planned as well in terms of, you know, prospect evaluations and uh, breaking down position groups as well as we get to those. So, um, you know, for all of our fo- listeners today, um, make sure to follow us on Twitter once again um, at Picks for Polls. Um, again, we're going to be posting our mock drafts on our Twitter account. So make sure to check that out and vote on who you think had the best. Uh, mock draft between us two. Uh, and you say, as for you, uh, where can our listeners find you on social media and where can they find your work? Yeah, guys, you can follow me on social media. That's Twitter and Instagram at Usaid Koshal. Check out my work on the Bear Report. Yeah, absolutely. And you can find my work at the Bear Report as well. And you can follow me on Twitter at AJ Freeman 25. Uh, once again, uh, very fun putting this mock draft together. Make sure to check out our interview with RJ Sneed, uh, Colorado, Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, wide receiver uh, NFL draft prospect going into this season. So very excited about that interview. Very excited about more prospect interviews that we have down the road here. Uh, just a preview going into what we have next week to be previewing, uh, the se- uh, reviewing, I should say, uh, the senior bowl, hoping to get a guest on there to re kind of recap that as well uh, as either, neither of us are able to make it down there to mobile uh, this year, but um, hopefully we can get some insight from those who are in mobile right now and, can hopefully give us, you know, a little bit of a peek into um, some of the winners and losers from um, what has been probably a very busy and exciting week at uh, Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Uh, but until next time, Bears fans, uh, make sure once again to follow us on social media. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on all podcasting platforms here at the Blue Wire uh, and the Bear Report. And going into the weekend, make sure you guys have a fun and safe, healthy weekend. Uh, a little bit of a week off here from football as we have. Uh, a bye week before the Super Bowl. So use that time up to uh, do whatever you need to do because uh, when we get to next weekend, uh, it's the Super Bowl. I mean, the football season is ending. You know, it's it's getting near the end of the year. It's kind of crazy how fast the season went by, but um, that just means that we're closer and closer to the NFL draft, and I can't wait to get to that point. So um, for all of our listeners out there, have a great weekend and be safe. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.